0: Are we doing this really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? Number and it's also. Ah, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck?
1: With Mark Marin.
0: Okay, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucking knots? What the fuck nicks How's everybody doing? I hope you're having a happy Hanukkah if you go the way of the Jew. If you go the way of the Jew that lights candles, I hope you're having a fun time lighting your candles. Lighting your candles with your children, with your family. Uh, I am lighting my candles alone this year. Not alone. Uh, Jessica's hanging out, but she doesn't seem to give a shit one way or the other, which is fine. Uh, I've had women in my life that pretended to give a shit and encouraged me to light candles. I'm not a religious Jew in any way, but for some reason I'm lighting the candles. I think one of the reasons is that I dug out the menorah when I heard it was the first night of Hanukkah, which I was unaware of until after sundown. So I already fucked it up. And I found a box of candles that had been sitting in the cabinet for what must have been a few years. And I guess because the cabinet is close to the ceiling, the heat hadn't had twisted and bent them all. They were just a big sort of colorful ganglia of unlit candles and I pulled them apart and I've insisted upon lighting them in their twisted, bent, melted form, which brings an an entirely new experience to the the Hanukkah experience. I. Which brings an entirely new tone to the Hanukkah experience. Uh, Put the second one in, Brendan a trippy tone if you will a sort of uh it it's just a little twisted uh, obviously but it's it's been kind of fun for me i have forgotten the second hanukkah prayer i know i could google it but i'm just going with what i know i have uh, an old kippah, a yarmulke, uh you know jew hat whatever you want to call them that i've been putting on uh and i'm doing it I, i'm not sure why it's connecting me with something i don't feel any deep need to do it but i do enjoy all the bent candles so If that's a reason, the Festival of Lights, for me, this year, is bent twisted candles. I hope you're all doing okay. Welcome to the show. This is WTF. Uh, We have a great show today. Janine Garofalo, an old friend of mine, is going to sit down and talk with me. Uh, Let me do this right now. Pow! Whoa! I just shit my pants because I'm drinking JustCoffee.coop WTF Roast. If you go to JustCoffee.coop and get the WTF Roast, which is... uh, it's it, the subheading on it is "WTF roast." Go ahead, you know you want to, and then it says "complex, spicy, and chocolatey." That's me. But if you get that, I get a little bit of money from that. But also, uh, you know, feel around the uh, the Just Coffee Co-op site and find yourself a blend. It's great stuff, and they have been a sponsor of mine for a long time. And I hope uh, they're good gifts. Good gifts, Co-op Also, good gifts. I don't mean to sell. I'm not doing the hard sell right out of the gate, but the new cat shirts are flying off the shelf, my friends. If you go to WTFPod.com, go to the merch thing, get yourself a new cat shirt or a new WTF shirt, flying off the shelves now available in American Apparel for no extra price. Onward with the show. Let's start with an email. Also, forgot to mention, special edition to this show, Mike DiStefano in a live moment from... Uh, one of our live tapings of comics uh, to sort of tease a bit, as we say in the business, Thursday's episode, which will be an hour with Mike DiStefano, who is by far one of the more uh, interesting and, you know, com- it, it, it's some real shit. And I'm not going to say more than that. Let's let's get on with how I want to open this uh, Hanukkah show, mid-Hanukkah show. I got an email from a guy named Jonathan. And I had to think about this. It, it, I read emails sometimes, but uh, I wanted to read this one. Hi, Mark Maron. I bet most people who write are hoping to get their letters read on the air, and I guess my ego would really dig it, but I don't think I really care that much either way. Honestly. I will, of course, leave it up to you. Okay, Jonathan, I've chosen to read part of your email. So here's why I'm writing. Thank you for bringing your show to us. I love thinking, thinking about thinking, and hearing others thinking and thinking about their thinking. But I have a fear I did a little bit in showbiz, quote unquote, showbiz in Portland, Oregon. OK, in the early 90s and got a big taste of showbiz attitude. I'm talking line producers, crew, PAs, talent, agents, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, it was hideous bullshit. Only occasionally did it poop out a little nugget of truth. Uh, and in parentheses, drugstore cowboy, my own private Idaho. Uh, we also crapped out Maverick. Uh, With Mel Gibson gathering evidence with nobody and a piece of shit Harvey Keitel made called imaginary crimes. I got a taste of how desperately we all wanted to make it in caps. Every one of us. So how does this apply to me? You're wondering my what the fuck friends. Let's let's move on. So what I'm thinking and what I'm hearing in your voice as time passes and WTF gets more and more popular is that hunger in your voice, that desire and need for fame, adulation, money, influence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I know you're moving on in years. All right, Jonathan. I you know, okay. And 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 do have an honest need for financial security that is true, Jonathan. But you just got to do it without selling out. You have to. Please. Because what you're all about is not selling out. That's why we love you, your voice, your ideas. You're going to get a huge money offer soon. And he didn't write money. He wrote several four dollar signs. You're going to get a huge one, two, three, four dollar signs offer soon. If you haven't already in parentheses. I have not. If you do, do me a favor and talk it over with us first. And listen to our tweets and emails about it. And you know if it sounds too good to be true, it is. I'm not asking you to stay in poverty for life, but remember the average American earns about $35,000 a year and that really is not bad. The average Kenyan earns something like $300 a year and is probably happier than most Americans. I will have to ponder that, Jonathan, and certainly, certainly, I mean, for for God's sakes, you don't think I would take a a business opportunity, uh, something that, you know that is personal and that I have to think over without, you know, tweeting it. I mean, the idea that I would move forward with any sort of creative or, or uh, financial opportunity without first, you know, tweeting it to my 20,000 or so followers whose opinions I value greatly is ridiculous. I I mean, Jonathan, I, I I will call you first. You know, if I, if I have any, anything even percolating, yeah, before I go to meetings, I'll start to, I'll start to make sure to bring everybody into the fold. I'm not being condescending here, but I, I can't alert you to every you know thing I'm thinking about. I understand your concern. Let's go on. So please, for God's sake, stay away from the showbiz industry. Hell, stay away from any industry. Just keep talking and good things will happen and you'll be fine, just like you are now. I know you know all this, but I just wanted to make sure I said it before it was too late. You know that dude, Will Farrell's business partner? He sure was interesting and funny and all. But you could tell from his voice that he could have a one million dollar cashier's check in his hand in 15 minutes if he needed it. And that has changed him forever. Keep on talking. Thank you, Jonathan. So you're telling me that Adam McKay can have a million dollar cashier's check like that and that's changed him forever. And the implications is, is that that is somehow negative. OK, I, again, I don't want to be condescending. And I appreciate the letter. Thank you, Jonathan. And I want to I want you to understand that you don't get to where I am in your career if the opportunities have been just pounding on your door. Clearly, if I get any opportunity at this point in my career, uh, be it that I am moving on in years or how did he phrase it? Uh, yes, moving on in years. It'll probably it'll probably be relatively in line with what I am doing. Yeah, no one's going to ask me to you know put on a clown suit, which which I'm not adverse to. You know, clowns. I I'd I'd actually like to explore clowning a bit, Uh, but but hopefully, and I hope you're right that I get a one, two, three, four dollar sign offer soon. But I imagine it'll be somewhat appropriate to me. Uh, But I appreciate your concern, and certainly I will will make sure to pass through any potential large financial offers uh, through the Twitter sphere and uh, and through you, uh, Jonathan. And I, and I appreciate your concern, but I can tell you honestly right now, there is no great worry of me all of a sudden selling out. And quite honestly, as much as I appreciate your um, sentiment about uh, the average Kenyan earning $300 a year, I, I really could not get by in that. I, I, I just, I'm thinking about it now. I, I wouldn't even be able to record the podcast. So if we could get somewhere between $300 a year and your $35,000 a year number that would be that would be that'd be better but quite honestly I'd like to make a little more than that not asking for a pool not asking for another house even just maybe a little more a little more so I don't have to worry too much and you know I'm going on too long let's get to Janine Garofalo Yeah move it close to you too remember that remember doing i got
2: my cans on
0: yeah feels familiar
2: it does feel familiar it feels good
0: janine garofalo in the garage here at the cat ranch after being lost for 40 minutes in south pasadena longer
2: than that it took me an hour and 15 minutes to get from west hollywood to you
0: for some reason i i thought you were the kind of person where uh you know because of your aversion to you know everything that uh moves things across wires or on wheels Mm -hmm. that you just didn't drive
2: well, why? No, I, I do drive. I'm not a complete luddite. I do drive. I do know. I, I even know. I even had a map printed out of how to get here. <laughs> it's not my fault that the Marmion Way exit all of a sudden turned into train tracks in South Pasadena.
0: But you were actually had said that, and not unlike many people, that this this might as well have been Mars. You didn't know where you were going. What part well, of that? I don't live here.
2: Way. I don't. Know. It's, it might as well have been Mars. In so far as I do not live here. So I, I did not mean that as as a, a, to no no in people... a pejorative or you know to to criticize the area. No,
0: I know, I know, I know.
2: I've never been to this area before.
0: Do you like driving?
2: No, I can't <laughs> stand it. But I I don't like it, especially in Los Angeles, where everything takes forever. Yeah, I know. It, there was the one hundred and one South was at a standstill on
0: Sun on Saturday afternoon. On a
2: Saturday afternoon, it was at a standstill. It. it like I said, it shouldn't have taken an hour and 15 minutes to get here. Yeah. The getting lost was just the icing on the cake.
0: <laughs> and you were in a parking lot of a liquor store and a cop couldn't even... And,
2: uh, and a policeman couldn't even tell me where that's I was
0: That's That's a sad, lost feeling where you approach a cop Mm-hmm. thinking that it's your job. You should know all of this.
2: But I think also he was thrown because I kept saying Eagle Rock. I was under the impression you lived in Eagle Rock. We're
0: close to Eagle Rock. He should have figured it out. Well, by you at least said some... Eagle Rock. No, me. no, you said that.
2: No, you did at UCB. You said Eagle Rock. It's Eagle Rock.
0: Okay, sometimes I say that not to scare people. Some people hear Highland Park and they're like, I don't know where that is and they go, Eagle Rock. I've heard of that.
2: Okay, well, it wouldn't have frightened me one way or the other and it certainly wound <laughs> up being counterproductive. <laughs> But be that as it may, I'm here now. I'm glad. I love your house. Thank you. I'm glad to see a new area. It's beautiful. So,
0: and now you can say you were in South Pasadena. And now I
2: can say I was in South Pasadena, at the
0: parking lot of a liquor store. Exactly. So, what do you, now? Tell me if we could start with that. You know, what are you doing out here? Do you, you don't really like being here? Do you? I, I even... don't
2: dislike it actually at all. I I don't enjoy the driving and the right. constant sun and heat. Yeah. But uh, I am. I I enjoy being in LA I enjoy seeing my friends who live here I enjoy working so it's not, it's much nicer to have a job so yeah. um, I'm here doing a uh, TV show on the air at the yet I don't know I think it goes on in January yeah but um, so I am thrilled to be working and yep. I am thrilled to see the friends I don't see when I'm in New York
3: Who do
0: you hang out with out here? Well, I see you. Yeah. Well, I've
2: been w- work. I work Monday through Friday, so, right? And then on Saturday and Sunday, if the hanging out involves driving, I usually don't do it. Only because I try and walk everywhere that I can. So if I can walk to hang out with somebody, I'll do that. So I'm just sort of limited.
0: Yeah, many people have uh, Jeanine Garofalo sightings walking rapidly. I, I down saw the you walk-
2: walking. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they will comment on how I walk.
0: Yeah, you, you, you power walk with purpose. Yeah, walk with purpose.
2: It's a, it's not a power walk for cardio reasons. I just no. happen to like to get from point A to point B with alacrity. <laughs> but I, uh, I, ha- I you know I see people at Largo and UCB and and tiger lily and things like that. You've been going to the nice.
0: shows? Been going to the shows? I you know, it's 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 interesting because like a lot of the conversations that I have around you lately and uh, and, and we both come from the same world where we came from. Uh, I actually got a call from a lawyer yesterday about a about Air America because I'd filed I'd gotten part of some sort of civil suit around their bankruptcy because I was a creditor because you right. know they they didn't pay the off right. my contract. And he basically called to tell me that they were moving from Chapter Eleven to uh, to full on bankruptcy, and uh, it doesn't look like anyone's getting paid. But that's th- a shock.
2: I really didn't yeah. expect to hear you say that. I could, could have sworn you were going to.
0: Yeah, that's okay, a million dollars coming, and I only mm-hmm. didn't even ask for that much. But uh, we come from that, and and lately, you know, I, it's not that I find myself in a position to to defend you, but you know, people have you know pigeonholed you because of the politics, and you know, I got that too, and I find myself you know, actively trying to, to to not separate myself from my political views so much as uh separate myself from, from Air America and what that represented to certain people and and to also you, you know, talk about politics in a in a in a practical way how it affects me, as opposed to feeling like I'm carrying water for for the left or for the Democrats.
2: Well I don't ever try and separate myself from and I'm very proud of, you know, having worked at Air America with all its flaws you know that's not Air America's fault it was the management style and right. the business model but I'm very very proud of of, of what we did there yeah um, I,
0: I am as well but and, I um,
2: but what I don't uh, going back to your point of being pigeonholed that is incredibly frustrating insofar as it does affect your career but it doesn't if you're a male most you know ordinarily there are you know people like Vigo Mortensen and Will Farrell and Alec Baldwin and others who are quite politically active and vocal who are not penalized Whereas a lot of times females who are vocal uh, s- suddenly find themselves less able to work as much, and I know that sounds like you know who cares quality but isn't that in and, general? That's in general. There is a double standard in general. Just behaviors are looked at and same for people of color. People of color and women are not afforded the same latitude and leeway for their behavior. In the workplace, as as white males are.
0: Well, my 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 question comes around to the like now that you're are <coughs> back and you know we haven't been involved with Air America for a while and I think we both seem to be back to doing a, a kind of more personal, more broad based comedy. Like when mm-hmm. I first knew mm-hmm. you, like and that's what 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 people are saying about you as well is that you seem to be back in your own body about you know your life that you know when we're immersed in politics and it's our agenda is to serve that you know, and mm-hmm. to speak out like that, that you you, you you don't really engage your life. Well, you did less than me. I mean, I, I can't help it because I, I, I had a hard time, you know, maintaining uh, all the information necessary. So I was always sort of, uh, you know, 70% my cats and 30% politics. But it seems to me that now, you know, you're you're addressing your life, your age, your insecurities, your struggles as a, as a woman and as a person, again, on stage in a way that you really haven't in about 15 years.
2: Well, it you know, uh, that sometimes but then sometimes you know this whole tea party movement the obama then it sort of started up again um as the tea party movement that has affected my stand up quite a bit this the uh, the the new the, the new racism you know that's yeah. and all the apologists right. for it that sort of got me galvanized in a way that you know what i mean had had as you're talking about you know my stand up was more personal confessional if you will but the the tea party and also how it's mischaracterized as a populist movement that has affected my stand more so there is some nights much more political stuff and it's not an agenda it's this is our lives you know what i mean and sure and, and and you know i um got a lot of uh, grief over uh going on keith oberman and bill maher this is right at, you know right when obama got into office and i was you know tracking through with watching uh the Southern Poverty Law Center. Morris D's doing this this great work tracking yeah. hate groups and things yeah. like this. And this was catching my attention when he when Obama announced his candidacy, all this movement that started happening that eventually feeds into this Tea Party movement too, this this racist rhetoric that was stirring up and things of that nature. And it started really affecting me and getting me as as I was telling you when I went on uh Oberman and, right. um, and Billmar, this is this is a while ago. Yeah. And pointed out that the Tea Party was a racist movement. Um, I lost a voiceover job within days uh, for Weight Watchers and also started getting hate mailed like I used to get um, during the Bush era that had ebbed a while and then, you know, this whole uh, bashing of, of, of me and marginalizing me that come from certain areas started up again and then there was going to be... And, you know, there's a pilot you and I did many years ago that was pulled... And I think it was ABC. Do you remember that? Yeah, we talked
0: about that, I think, uh, the last time. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and that was because of a supposed letter-writing campaign and threat of a boycott from these... Because these people watch
0: television, yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. But of course it was coming from just one I think a guy named James Alvarez or whatever his name was. He was pretending to be a lot of people. You know how cowardly network people are. Sure. They they assume it's representing a ton of people, but it doesn't go the other way. All the people that are not writing letters they don't assume represent a certain amount of people.
0: But let me ask you this, just on a human level. Now, you know, I know as you know that arguing with people that are, you know, set in their agenda and believe Things that are contrary to facts, even if you show them the facts, because their belief system is buttressed by mm-hmm. uh, Fox News or people like Glenn Beck, and even if, if facts are presented in context, uh, they'll decide that you're spinning it and that books are some mm-hmm. sort of liberal weapon. Now, given that that's the belief of people, and given that there is this you know easy this this ability to lead angry, ignorant people the way they do, I mean, let's talk about what really does happen. Where's the breaking point?
2: But also, this is not even about me arguing with anyone. This is about being asked a direct question uh, on these shows. What do you think moves this this Tea Party movement? Racism, fear, anxiety. You know, hate, hate. You know, it, that's not arguing with someone. I'm stating a fact. And what I what I have become increasingly discussed with. It's changing a little bit now. And Matt Taibbi has written an interesting piece in Rolling Stone, as he always does, recently about the truth about the Tea Party. But how many apologists for racism? it's you know and, and the same way during the bush era and and but who, many, who
0: are the apologists are you saying oh, that as you are, go on
2: any mainstream media and even people in our peer group who oh it's a populist movement it is not a populist movement
0: but 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 let let's say that you know what the way we talk about this stuff you know and we call this stuff out is fine but what what i'd like to talk about and i don't know that we do talk about is is then how do you deal with it now now it's like if you're going to accept that these people are are, are unmovable they're unchangeable their ignorance is, is malignant and it's impossible to transcend then then how does america regroup well, itself well i'm not
2: accept uh, i'm not i'm not speaking in those terms that you are what i'm saying is this is a, racism is part of the fabric of ours and many countries that is the nature of the human condition from the very founding of this country there has been a stratification and a hierarchy that has been dominated by white males much to the chagrin of the native americans And women and anybody else who's ever come here or was here or came through Ellis Island, be that as it may, that the fact of racism exists, it would be odd now that we have a black president that it was not here now. And it's so strange to have to to act like. It's way out of bounds and in poor taste that someone like me or you or anyone brings it up. And you know, then you'll have people that will cite alleged journalistic objectivity, which is just the coward's way out. Won't weigh in one way or the other. But I think
0: a lot of people are trying to make uh, a broader assumption in thinking that most people are not that. That even that people... Oh yeah,
2: most people may not be. We're not talking about most people. No, but I mean, but this is a
0: dominant cultural meme here and it's a dominant cultural movement. What I'm saying is that Mm -hmm. it's my belief that everybody is just trying to get by and that the more anger there is in an individual that the more likely they are going to fall victim to either you know hurting themselves hurting their families you know making wrong choices you know hurting you know you know you know ending up you know in alcohol or drugs or depressed or whatever and that you know whatever outlet they're offered you know depending on their the range of their education they will be exploited whether it's to buy things whether it's to buy drugs whether it's to buy uh you know things they don't need you know which is what fuels capitalism whether it's going to make their desire is easily exploited. But on on a political level, the same type of anger and and despair is is utilized to exploit for for political movements. Of course. So I seem to be focusing more on the individual struggle and trying to figure out solutions around that. But I'm just trying to figure out... What do we see happening politically? I mean, what? What? I know what the worst case scenario is. The worst case scenario is that you know everyone's sitting around going, "Sarah Palin is not a viable candidate on both sides," and she ends up president.
2: No, no. Here's what I think will happen because you know the right wingers never ultimately win, or else we'd still own slaves, and I wouldn't be voting. Progress, so democracy progress, does work on some uh, I don't, level. This is—I don't know—you want to call it democracy? It's called progress, evolution, time. Time marches on. It just marches on. Right, but evolution
0: also you know, supports racist agendas if it's utilized improperly and if it's thought of improperly. It,
2: this is no different. I'm not going to say this is no different. Uh, this is commensurate in certain ways with whenever there is strides made for a group, Say it's the first black athlete on a team or the first woman working in this company. It galvanizes all this negative energy until that dissipates and then we move forward. Do you know what I mean? So we're in this—unfortunately, un- in- we happen to be in this time of of um, great strife that will eventually move us forward. Eventually, in the same way that my nephews and nieces will think it's absurd that gay people couldn't get married— In the same way that you and I find it odd that African-Americans couldn't walk in the front door of a building, right? It seems inconceivable to us now, sitting here and... Some, You know what I'm saying? This will all seem inconsistent. So, you, you
0: believe it in evolutionary, supported by majority rule, and that most people are good, and that the American political system, on some level. This has
2: nothing to do with a political system. It's people no, but, moving forward. No,
0: no. But, I mean, but like, you know, when I talked to my friend, I remember years ago when Jim Loftus was working on the inside uh, mm-hmm. at the Clinton White House, and I was freaking out about New Gingrich, and I thought that this was it. We were entering a stage of, of a type of, of fascism in America and a type of political Which rule. Which is
2: accurate there. No, they're but, is accurate. but he
0: said about Gingrich, Gingrich specifically, and and that Congress, he said, this town will spit him out. And and, well, and over time, takes it Takes a while. Takes well, him no, a while. But that's right. It's a slow process. But I think, in terms of what you're calling evolution, and in terms of what we know as America, that you have a certain amount of hope that that good will prevail and that people will evolve in a, in, a, in a decent. Because uh, I'm just
2: going on evidence to support that. Like I said, time has marched on, and women are voting, and we have multiculturalism. It just happens. You know what I mean? We have a black president. And that's a very good thing. What is a very bad thing is that unleashes all this, all the seven deadlies in certain types of people.
0: But that's not really true because there have been time has marched on and, and created uh, technocratic fascist systems that exterminated graces of people. And and and,
2: and 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 yes, and and then and then you go beyond. But that's that.
0: a horrible price to pay, and yes, we're barely is. beyond it. I believe. And it, some I people guess, believe. Yes,
2: you're right. You're right. It is a horrible price to pay because there will always be, in the human condition. Small groups of people who will wield a tremendous amount of power and do a lot of damage.
0: I understand, but I, what, what I want to know is, what do you see as a solution?
2: I don't know if I see a a solution per se. I can think a of a few. number of things that would be helpful. Okay, I would uh, media reform first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this it's it's. A, it's absurd i don't know well, that what that we're doing happen.
0: is pretty exciting
2: um this is great and i'm glad that everybody there is much more citizen journalism i'm glad that there's guys like matt taibbi i'm glad that there's rachel maddow i'm glad that there's people online doing their but thing. that's not
0: citizen journalism i mean that's legitimate journalism but they are citizens right but they are you know they are they are uh,
2: serving the citizens they don't serve their corporate master that's right they are citizens first and foremost their consciousness as humans overrides their workplace environment
0: do you think that there is a, a possibility sometimes that the amount of information available you know given the nature of the internet and given the ability for people to cherry-pick information to buttress their personal agendas is uh somehow uh a negative thing
2: it can be of course it can be but that's that so is also I, part of the human I, condition right, so you're,
0: again you're relying on the responsibility of the individual you know pursuing the information to yes. make choices for themselves you
2: have to be you know this is all limbic brain stuff in neuroscience we've discussed this before you have sure. to want it to be a certain way. Your personality comes before your politics.
0: What would you like to see happen?
2: I would like to see, A, media reform. I would like to see um, people in, in get real honest and have their conscience, uh, serve their conscience. Say we're sitting on a an alleged news show, and I use the word news very loosely, and the journalist will claim objectivity by allowing one person to lie. You know what I mean? Of the he said, she said binary. Mm-hmm. That's got to stop because it's killing us. And the way we coddle war criminals, corporate criminals and racists, not to mention hoarders, they get treated very gently. But that's uh, not harming us. But if you look at war criminals and corporate criminals and cultural criminals, the kid gloves they are treated with in the mainstream media is shocking. There is at least the level of criticism that you see on American Idol would be nice. Well, because
0: I don't think that people any longer know what uh, objective reporting is. I don't know that there's any barometer tethering anybody who takes How about the in... truth?
2: There is such a thing no, as no, absolute that, truth. That, that, when you true. have a racist sitting across from you or a homophobe,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you, it is well within your, your duty and right as a citizen to point that out. When you know that the election was stolen, in Ansel and Antolin Scalia and Clarence Thomas should have recused themselves from the vote of that stole that election of two thousand, as a journalist and a citizen, you should point that out.
0: But sometimes, as a citizen, people are like, "Ah, this stuff. I don't understand it. That guy's a douchebag. I got to eat."
2: I'm talking about a person behind a news desk okay but i'm just
0: but i but okay that that's that's civic responsibility and that's media responsibility Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is that individuals who are disengaged from the process of politics or no even they don't even know how it serves them or or what you know necessarily medicare is or or what any of this Mm -hmm. stuff is and they don't take the time or have the time to engage in that process or do their civic duty how do we elevate their interest in, in taking part in, in making this country a better place as a, without making just shitty decisions based on fucking hate. I
2: would say that um, for most people uh, it has to affect them personally. They have to feel it um, but then, their... how do they
0: take that 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 and disenfranchised and that anger? Yeah, but but that anger is always is so misdirected, and and half of what you're calling uh, mm-hmm. the the Tea Party movement and this this you know uninformed you know ignorant anger are people that 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 should be looking for better solutions. Well,
2: why weren't they angry during the Bush era? They were fine. You know, this is you know because what I mean? there like, was a
0: bully in charge, and that made them feel like they had a friend.
2: Well, what? Yeah, but what I'm saying is is it, it's it's wrong to imbue them the status. They're angry, and blah, blah, blah. they are you know. It, it, they should have been out in full force since two thousand. They were not. So,
0: where are the leaders that are going to bring them out?
2: Oh, I have no idea. And this is, and I'm not calling myself a leader, no, I'm, I know I'm you're not, not even saying there's a thing like how do I tell this but, person but why, because I'm not coming from place of arrogance. Why, why, why
0: aren't there people that speak this this language? You know that the, this is a language that was spoken in the '60s by people that had tremendous. There are plenty courage. of
2: people who do that. Right. Of but but do why it.
0: why are they not effectively leading?
2: Maybe they are. You can't, that's a broad brush you're, you're painting them and with. I, there's I do there's that. plenty of people effectively leading and plenty of people speaking the truth, but most of them are not how do you make in it mainstream, it entertaining mainstream media. To, how do you make it entertaining? I don't need it to be entertaining. <laughs> I know, but, know yeah, I mean? but,
0: but people do. How do you how, capture the hearts? I don't know. Hearts?
2: I don't know. Do they? You know what? The truth is fascinating. It really, really no, is. No, I know, but
0: how do you capture their hearts to pay attention to it in the proper way?
2: I have no idea, but if, the, right. if the news actually told the truth. Yeah. It would be fascinating. Be great. It would really be good. But also, there's plenty of people who are, who are, you know, John Stewart just being one of them, uh-huh. who are capturing the imagination of a nation and getting a lot of good work done through comedy.
0: I am them. glad that you're optimistic.
2: Well, how could I not be?
0: I don't know. I, you know, I you could be cynical. I think well, some people mistake you as cynical. Well, cynicism is not
2: a bad cynical. thing. And, I, and I, you know what, that doesn't offend me. Oh, uh, I know. You know, cynicism is very healthy thing. I prefer to think of it as pragmatism. And you know, what I mean, I, I just don't take things at face value. I. And also, I care. You know what I mean? I, I like I said earlier, I don't want life to just happen to me. Now it does to some degree. There's nothing I can do about that. But I'm going down swinging. That's all I can say to you is th- that I I refuse to be bullied by a system. Now I can't help some of the bullying that happens, and I can't help this dirty air that I'm breathing, and I can't help this political system that is corrupt. But I, but I, but I, I, I am not going to complacently just go oh, That's the way it is. Right. You know, or or this thing, this bothers me when I when I have these discussions with others in my peer group who who keep characterizing the Tea Party as just one example. Who the fuck says a, that they're just populists? Populist, plenty of people, huh. uh, you know, but they'll say this on the heels of that. I prefer to see the good in people. I'm an optimist. No, you're a fucking coward. You know, don't don't pretend because you don't know what's going on or you don't give a shit. That makes you an optimist or a good person. And really what they're also saying is it doesn't affect me. Yeah. That's really what they're saying.
0: That is That is true.
2: And the same with Iraq. Back in back in the day, when when you and I would be so emotionally upset about this, and there'd be people who were sort of, you know, I don't want to get and don't want to rock the boat. It's not them, really. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And
0: uh, doesn't affect me. Doesn't
2: affect me. And you know what? I don't accept that. And 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 I don't. I don't want to live that way. This this stuff has to square. With my consciousness, you know what I mean. Well, what's and,
0: that, that that poem? The sort of when they came for the so and so. Yes, yes, it?
2: yes. I know what, what you mean, but I don't know what, what is that of, thing.
0: Who wrote that? Is that like a Jewish? I don't thing? know, but
2: somebody just recently told me about it again. Um, but also Gustav Le Bon's "The Crowd." I always point to that too, about uh, human nature and how people act in groups. But I, it really bothers me when people say things. I pref- say I prefer to see the good in people and
3: Martin uh, Niemoller. Yes, Neumauer. yes, 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 yes. Yeah.
2: But it, it doesn't make you an optimist or a good person to deny social injustice or to pretend that somehow you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and blah blah blah. It's a it's it's, it's endlessly frustrating. But I do realize that the sound of my voice may have turned you know is so strident and annoying. I'll give you that that I actually annoy myself sometimes talking. For well, a while. I I mean. <clears throat> but I get this is very, I get very emotional about it because it, it really is. Uh, there's a lot of people and i'm not one of them because uh, you know this doesn't actually affect me you know what i mean i'm not being victimized by this racism i'm not being victimized by this economic injustice but it hurts it hurts me just the same you know
0: let's talk about then this idea the the uh, the pursuit of happiness surely and and how that has been you know that that a lot of people seem to think it's it's their entitlement and their their personal agenda and and the necessity and the whole struggle is to be happy.
2: Yeah, they act like brides. You know that, <laughs> but it's my day. I deserve it. It's my day. That, that it's the bride mentality. The but pursuit I mean, of what you deserve. What do we deserve? Nothing, really. Um, but for you
0: personally, I mean, are you are you happy? And is it something that you think about?
2: Sometimes on the day. Sometimes is, it, is it like
0: this pursuit of yours? No, though? no, no, no,
2: no, no. no. There are some days where I'm absolutely comfortable in my own skin and, and very happy, and I feel quite quite pleased and lucky. Uh-huh. Then there's other days where I'm as down as down can get. Uh, to well, I can't even put my finger you, on you, why. Is
0: that t- is that usually brought on by something, or do you just write that off as neuroscience again, or or, or bit yeah. of
2: both? Um, usually, it's brought on by something, and it can be it can be something I see in the news, or something someone says, or I overhear that is is, is and it's going to sound like I'm trying to be so noble, uh, and I and I don't want to come off like I'm being that way. But it usually revolves around if I see somebody being bullied, or if I see animals being mistreated. Right. Even the thought of of, uh, you know, a- the way we treat animals, and uh, to me, because they they do have advocates, but they but they don't have as many advocates as humans do, and they can't speak for themselves. Yeah. So they're, th- and and just like with little children, you know. But I animals don't have the advocate. To, uh, advocates in place that, that humans do, to a degree. So I can oversee someone in the dog park manhandling their dog, and I'm done for the day. I mean, I'm so down. Uh, I don't know, I can't explain it. Uh, I mean... I, no, no,
0: you feel the pain of the animal. I feel, and, yes,
2: exactly. And, and,
0: and, and the vulnerability and its inability to help
2: itself. Exactly, or or if yeah, I even accidentally channel surf past animal cops yeah. and just catch a snippet, I'm down for the count for the day. I mean, like, a <clears throat> which... Sounds quite self indulgent. I don't mean it to be, but to answer your question, Uh, or I will hear uh, somebody being bullied, like two teenagers. You know what I mean, like some teenagers. Where do you think that
0: sensitivity comes from? I mean, I I don't know if
2: it's sensitive. Maybe, maybe everybody feels this way. No,
0: but I don't think like it's like there's a certain you know like uh, feeling other people's pain to actually have a deep sense of empathy is something that eludes me occasionally, and uh, it
2: eludes me occasionally too. Yeah, but there's some people who I don't feel deserve. But were you
0: bullied?
2: No, not really. Were you ever a bully? No, when uh, you were a kid, I, I did have garden variety. Just got nothing that you know. I had a, a very nice childhood. Your garden variety bullying here and there. I was an overweight kid. Nothing that I that you know has done irreparable damage. And because nothing. I find
0: myself being sometimes not an intellectual bully, but but I out of my own sense of of defensiveness and fear of being mm-hmm. hurt, uh-huh. that I preemptively. Uh, Will we'll try to hurt or defend myself, uh, not hurt myself, but hurt others if I feel threatened by them.
3: Gosh,
2: um, I if I am, I don't know if I'm doing that. I hope I'm not doing that. There have been times where, out of fear, my voice raises and I'll try and try and nip something in the butt. You know what I mean? Like an interaction sometimes at work or something. If you know what happens when I feel helpless, right? If I feel helpless or not listened to yeah. in in at work, yeah, I become. I guess what could be considered a bully, but it's not what I mean. But I start getting getting real motivated to get heard. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and it usually centers around content, writing, yeah. you know, the writing of the scripts. There's been a real Has issue. Have you been called
0: a prima donna before?
2: No, 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 because it's not prima donna behavior. Yeah. And, and there is no other area at work where you could say I act like, believe me, mm-hmm. there is no it's prima donna like, stuff. It
0: comes down to, you want me to say this? You want this to come out of my exactly. mouth?
2: It comes down to... I, I, I cannot say these lines this is not the best we can do I this is this you know this is this is lazy writing or this is this is uh, simplistic and it's you know that type of thing and I start raising my voice because I feel helpless and yeah. a lot of it comes from uh, I, I feel dis, I feel oh, nobody Thinks thinks I'm very talented. Anyway, they don't even care. They're just why r- do
0: you say shit like no, that? No,
2: no, I'm that's I'm, I'm just telling you what it comes from. No,
0: I know, but you always you always defend this this weird uh, you know self abuse with this sort of like I'm, I'm just being I'm I'm being objective.
2: No, 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 I'm just telling you what these feelings are. You are Whether talented. Whether I'm right or wrong, but, but you, you okay. Talented. I'm I'm telling you. What the, You asked me a question, I can only answer this question. No, I know
0: that, but you don't have to... You qualify to be like, I'm not talented.
2: No, 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 no. I'm saying it comes <laughs> from... I'm assuming people think I'm not. Yeah. And they're yeah. not trusting my instincts on the writing or trusting okay. that you know I can make a different line worker. Right. I'm, I'm just in this one particular area, yeah,
3: work-related.
2: Yeah. Then it comes also in the, in the area of, of stand-up comedy. Say I start talking about politics and somebody will start, oh, give it a rest. Then I feel helpless or embarrassed almost. Yeah. Then I get...
0: You feel rejected. I
2: feel rejected. And then I might move toward anger, which could be construed as bullying, but I'm not. Because I really, I really am quite sensitive to bullying. I don't like it. I don't like it in myself when I do it. I feel a tremendous... It gives me no pleasure to have bullied someone. And and this week in particular at work, there's a writer who I think I moved to tears. And this has upset me a great deal. And I try, I have tried to make amends... I'm actually almost getting upset thinking about it. My my feeling of of sorrow that I moved this writer to the brink of tears. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and but it, but the, I mean that seems like less bullying and more you, you know just an inability to have a mutual uh, experience in communication.
2: Yeah, we were not communicating. Yeah, we were not communicating.
0: Now, when I've seen you on stage, you know, especially recently, that you know there's a certain amount of doubt that that you yeah. brought to the performances a few times yes. that hurt my feelings. Because, you know, like I see you, like, you know, when you get beaten or mm-hmm. when you, you feel like you're no longer engaging your audience in a way that they find satisfying, mm-hmm. whether it be political or even personal, mm-hmm. you seem to, you know, it, you, know, you know, beat the shit out of yourself and take right. a, a sort of a, a self-pitying position and then yeah. claim that it's objective.
2: Right right yeah I I because what if <laughs> this I'm This is wrong? just the way it is I'm bad Right 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 w- cuz what if that's true
0: But 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 it's not it it it's this assumption that it comes from a feeling and the verbalization of it is is something different It's mm-hmm. it's not a matter of of what is true and what isn't true you know it it's it's a way of protecting yourself from something else too
2: I guess well it's because I like anyone who suffers from self-loathing, which is a problem, and I wish that where I Where does that come from? I don't know. It's a, from childhood and it also I, I recognize it in my father. I recognize it in my brother. I don't know if it But is it
0: like self-hatred or, or, or just nurture. self-doubt or what what is both. it? How does it happen? Both.
2: It depends on the day. But I mean because there are some days where I don't have self-loathing at all, but there are some days where it's almost debilitating. So when someone else criticizes me or I feel rejected me, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back because I am already on that particular, you have day. two.
0: You basically have two selves. That you know, there's I have two one selves, that yes. will say, like, of course that person's right. I'm a piece of shit. Yes. And then if you're feeling like uh, you're feel having a pretty good day, you're like, fuck you. I, you know, right? But I never, I
2: never say it as fuck you. I, I just feel like no, they're not right today. But uh, <laughs> some days I'm feeling pretty good, and I, and I'm, I'm pleased with who I am. Then there's other days where I literally detect I'm a bad match for myself like a terrible match.com man. I am the worst person for myself and
0: then what do you do do you have people that you talk to
2: no uh well sometimes I talk about it on stage
0: no I know but like you know I'm finding that I, I'm a little troubled by the fact that i'm'm I'm, I'm finding more uh you know intimate um and and uh true, uh, connection and relationship with the people that listen to this show or my audiences, and then when I get off stage into my personal life, I'm a fucking disaster.
2: No, I'm pretty good in my personal life. I am very. I do have good communication with people in my personal life. Do you have life.
0: confidants? Do you have people that actually make you feel better and that enable you to express your emotions?
2: Sometimes, but also... Uh, uh, it's not always up to them and I don't want to burden them with that but I you know Pete my best friend Pete we've been together for 12 years my boyfriend Pete is also my best friend yeah. we have very good communication we unfortunately he struggles from some of the same things I do so this is not great for us sometimes you know he can get exactly we are exactly the same basically uh which is not always great for a couple yeah. because we both suffer with self-loathing but we are both very good at when one's down you know the other will pick up the slack and 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 modulate their even if we're both in the self-loathing somebody's got to not for for that
3: right time yeah. when
2: somebody's unleashing on the other. And so that works out really well. Plus, it's really helpful to do stand-up comedy and to discuss these things. Now, sometimes it's not always enter- entertaining for the au- audience, but sometimes you really do uh strike a chord with the audience and they you know, oddly it's specificity that's the most universal. And there's an amazing thing that happens sometimes when you're very, very honest about these things, and especially in the clubs like UCB or Largo, where you have kind of a different kind of audience sometimes, where you're really communicating. And after the show, you'll find that you've really struck a chord, and that's an unbelievably helpful thing. Then there's like a show Sam Cedar and I did in Aspen, which had me so down for days where, I, where uh, part of the, the thing I was talking about was the Tea Party thing being racist, and people walked out in droves, hissed me. Some people were booing me. How dare I? And not only did I feel there was a social injustice going on and in the, in the ma- at the macro level, but at the micro level, I was feeling rejected and unfairly berated for something I thought I was pointing out that was true. But people were treating me like I was wasting their time discussing this thing. And then on the plane the next day, a gentleman whose name I forget, who's always on Keith Oberman, always on Keith Oberman. And I cannot remember his name. And I always liked him. So it was particularly painful. He's happened to be sitting next to me. And he said, I saw your show last night. And he goes, boy, I don't like your stuff. So what he's saying is, I don't like you. Because as you know, that's me on stage. You know what I mean? So it's not a character. It's not a shtick. So I'm sitting on the plane next to a guy who, I'm so sorry I can't remember his name, but he's always on over him, who I've always liked. I don't know him, but I've always liked him.
1: Who yeah. basically
2: sat down on that plane at 6.30 in the morning and said, the first thing he said, and and, and wanted me to know, that's a whole nother layer of why it's hurtful, I what he said was, I don't like you, by the way, he, he said, I don't like your stuff. I, unfortunately, burst into tears. It's terribly embarrassing, this middle-aged lady, burst into tears. Now, to his credit, he felt awful. Uh, honestly felt horrible. That I don't think he realized the impact of what he said.
0: But isn't that interesting because people do not, they don't make a connection between who you are publicly and realize that you are speaking your heart and they mm-hmm. assume because especially if they're in the world of politics or show business that you have this distance.
2: Or, or they just don't uh, you know, they, they are marginalizing me because they just see me as some idiot person in show business. Not an
0: idiot, but but somebody who they don't agree with and somehow has a distance that, you know, that... Well, I think a lot of people
2: un- think I'm kind of an idiot. I think I've been so marginalized, so yeah, successfully the, I, marginalized. B-
0: by certain people, because that's how they want people to see you, but you're you're mm-hmm. clearly not an idiot to anybody who listens to you.
2: Oh, I don't know. But be that as it may... How, how
0: the fuck can anyone call I, you an idiot? I, I, but I, I don't know. What,
2: I, I don't understand know, what you're, but you're saying. I, I feel like that's how he was coming at me and so he felt comfortable now i don't believe he would have said that to sam i just don't and i or i don't believe he would have said that to uh well if you say
0: something like that to sam there's there's no telling when the conversation will end
2: mm-hmm. after. <laughs> well I, I couldn't even speak and you know i didn't know i was gonna cry yeah
0: no, but i was I've already
2: had, so hurt by the rejection of the show that i had before it, it had actually icing on the cake, it yeah. just had kept me awake Pushed i had not over. gone to sleep yeah. gone, yeah. gone right. to sleep and so then I get on this plane at six. And, and how
0: long were you on the plane after you with cried? him
2: uh, from Aspen, Colorado, to New York?
0: So you, how how soon so you see? I cried, cried early the on? whole.
2: I had to put my coat over my head and pretend I was oh, sleeping. No. And he, he must have known because it became. I mean, this day was crazy. I mean, I I have no no explanation for how why this happened. This level of emotional breakdown, um, but it was that heaving thing like. <laughs> Like under the blanket, like under the coat, oh, he knew. He actually offered to drive me home from from the airport. He felt so awful. Oh, God. Um, and I even wanted to say to him, "Look, this isn't even you now. I don't even know what's going on here. I don't know what has been unleashed here. Uh, this is not, you know, you did. This was not you. I mean, you certainly hurt me, but uh, something else is going on here. Those tears and that weird reaction lasted nigh on into the evening in New York." My eyes were swollen shut the next day. This to the like when my dogs died, the same thing, you know, I, I cried so much that my eyes swelled shut. Yeah. The same thing happened. I'm not. Well, I, I I'm think I,
0: it's interesting with comedians and because of the, you know, the sort of the pulpit that you held before, you know, you were considered a pundit, which was a stand up stage is that, you know, really, and and you, and you said it more or less here is that you you want people to understand and and appreciate what you're saying, and, and everyone and,
2: does. I think everyone no wants no no. To be but understood. I'm just saying
0: that that that's what happened. Is yeah. that even though you know that there's an amount of courage that is required to to talk about what you're talking about, and that people aren't going to agree with you, right. the heart that you have, you know, believes that you're you you are saying something from that heart, and that it, it that it is. Something you need to express and these are feelings that are important and information that is important. But even though, you know, intellectually, which you, you you lean on a lot. Uh, that, that they are going to be... People are going to fight you. Mm-hmm. You still want them to like you.
2: Yes, I do indeed. I do indeed want to be well-liked. There's no denying and, that. And, and
0: understood and, and, and reasoned with... And and, and, and talked to like a person.
2: Right. I, I would prefer to be well-liked. Absolutely, 100%. It hurts me terribly, even when people I don't like don't like me. Although there are some people I don't like so much, I really... I can let that go. But this guy, who, in his defense... He offered to drive me home. From, I mean, I think I, I really rocked his world, but he was not expecting um, this woman sitting next to him to cry for almost a four-hour plane ride or however long it was Yeah. because he thinks it's what he said. Or maybe, hopefully, he thought, oh, something terrible must have happened or whatever. Um, I was even thinking of telling him a, a, a story, a made-up story about what happened to cover the fact that I couldn't stop crying with a coat <laughs> over my head. My nose wouldn't stop running either. Just It was just <laughs> snot and tears and snot, and I was sweating like crazy under my coat because it was summer. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a debacle Ugh. eight ways to Sunday. My uh-huh. glasses were dis- disgusting with, like, <laughs> mucus, and I could barely see through my glasses.
0: And what did, what did you eventually decide it might have, have been? That I have, have to-
2: never figured it out besides maybe collective having been battered about this teabag thing, having the hate mail start up again like it was during the Bush era because it had stopped for a while and that was such a painful time, Um, the death threats and all that stuff during that whole Michigas and the death threats that came at Air America. And it was such a relief when it had ebbed and then it started starting up again and then I had lost that job and uh, it made me feel helpless. It made me feel scared. Because who knows what really can come from this? You know, somebody's going to get harmed, right? Uh, You know, it isn't well. They obviously that
0: harmed your career to some degree.
2: Oh, to some degree,
0: yeah, yeah. But but okay, so after so after all that all that is said and done, physical harm too, right? Do you do you have any regrets?
2: Uh, Regret? No, no. Uh, That I did that. That I worked at American. Well, well,
0: no, just I mean, do you have any regrets about how your actions uh, have have affected your your career and life?
2: Oh, I regret that it negatively impacted my career, for sure. But do I regret having done what I did? No. Would I do it again? Yes. It is worth it. Uh, it's, much, it's much better to live, uh, you know, in your truth than worry about a stupid job on TV where you're going to probably wind up arguing with the writers anyway about what you can say. But having said that, I do miss the opportunities I used to have in show business. I miss it a lot. I mean granted my my career was ebbing anyway it's not like people were knocking down my door right you know right in you know in the early aughts but I definitely was a person who was in the mix if you will yeah and then and then that that really came to a grinding halt but what has hurt me more about that is uh people I consider friends who stopped you know feeling comfortable hiring me or working with me that hurt way more than just network or studio people you know i don't know them but when people you know in your peer group stop including you in in their comedies or their films or their shows that's like getting punched in the face you know what i mean like that that to me and also i don't get it yeah that like what why did why yeah and also you know It's difficult to recover from it. I may never recover from it. I mean, thank God I have a job now, but I may never get back in the mix, so to speak, of a person who works all the time and doesn't have to audition and this, that, and the other. is just, you you know, the, the call just comes in and they're like, here, do this part. That doesn't happen anymore and may never, ever happen again. And I have to accept that. It hurts me terribly, but I have to accept it. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So I regret that that happened, but I don't regret what we did. And and some of the most uh, important things in my life is what you, me, and Sam Cedar did, and and the people I met, and you know, I can say I met Howard Zinn. Yeah, that's Noam Chomsky. Yeah, you know, what I mean, these are among others, but this is sure. an amazing thing to uh, to be able to say in your life that yeah. that I I
3: I
0: interviewed Stud Circle,
2: and yet that something like that, <laughs> how many people can say something yeah. like that? And I'm sure that a lot of people wouldn't care, but. It does mean something.
0: It does, and and uh, and and, and it, it certainly means that you know you have uh, personal priorities that transcend transcend a lot of bullshit.
2: Having said that, I would be thrilled to work uh, more. <laughs> but you know what? They're not. Mutu- they shouldn't have been mutually exclusive. That's what the bigger issue is. Why was it mutually exclusive? It wasn't for Vigo, Vigo Mortensen. It wasn't for Alec Baldwin. Do you know what I mean? That's, right. that's a whole other issue of well, a double wait, standard. Now let's
0: talk about um, the, the show you're doing now. Is a crime show.
2: Yes, I am. I am. An, are on you a an spin investigator? Off, uh, I'm a FBI profiler. It's a spinoff of Criminal Minds that is not on the air yet. But um, I, it's uh, starring Forrest Whitaker. And it actually, I do love working there. Not, you know, those fights about writing notwithstanding. It's a pleasure to work there. And that's not me blowing smoke because, as you know, I have no benefit in pretending something. It really is a fun job and I like everyone very much. But there are days where the writing is not where it should be. Yeah. And on those days, <laughs> I get very... <laughs> Uh, because what could be more important? I mean, if it's not on the you know it's let, coming let's out be, of your let, mouth, it, 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 but not just that. It's not just for what I say. Yeah, I I go I go to the mat for my cast members too. Yeah. It's not you know it isn't just about hey my character isn't you know and w- isn't it? It's it's the whole show that I'm taking. And did into this account. did
0: this happen on that play you did as well? I can't. Oh huh. the play yeah I did a play what was that? but
2: I didn't take the fight there because that was I was there. I did a play in New York where the writing was quite weak. But you know what? I was only doing it for a couple months. And so yes, I, inside it pained me to yeah. say that, but I would it that that's that. And also, there was not going to be any change for the play. Sure. That play was written in stone. This is not so. Yeah. And this is a collaboration between right between the cast and the and the and the writers. It's just that the other cast members don't quite get so so motivated <laughs> just, as, yeah. as do I.
0: Being happy to work is enough for them.
2: Oh no, not just that. It's yeah. just that they um. Uh, for, for whatever reason because d- different personalities this is, not, this is not a criticism Sure. but for whatever reason um, that it doesn't sometimes even though I know it bothers them it doesn't move them to yeah. the, the, to, to going into the writer's room as it does me you right. know what I mean like they, sure. they, 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 they you know they'll, they're okay they'll say it it's and stuff like that what's
0: but, the name of the DVD?
2: oh the, DVD, the comedy DVD although there's no reason why would anybody be what interested in this I, I did a comedy DVD entitled If You Will and I know it's at amoeba Records. it's is image this, is the company it's from the epic special that I did. it's did uh, that air?: It already aired and Sam Cedar directed some of the extras on the DVD. It's uh, from a show we did in Seattle at the Moore Theater. and Sam Cedar and Paul Gilmartin also are in it and um, it's a uh, comedy special and
0: you can get it at Amazon, you can get it at uh,
2: downloaded it on iTunes
0: iTunes and, uh, and and that was what you were putting together when we did those dates: Yes. So that must be funny. Did we? Have I don't know. I haven't it seen out?
2: it, but I didn't do. You know, I had to tell the people producing it I was going to do the set that I was showing them that you and I, you know, when you and I were. Working
0: I remember together. that. Yeah.
2: And I actually opened with some material I've never said before, ever, or had said out yeah. loud. Yeah, ever, that's good. Because I that just was a goal I had.
0: Yeah, I do um, that. It's good.
2: Well, it's just I just felt like that's.
0: And what happened? Anything? Um, were there repercussions?
2: No, no, not at all. They didn't, you know. And if there were, they didn't say anything to me because it it worked out okay. But yeah. um. They were really adamant um, that I tell them verbatim what I was going to say. So after a while, I was tired of fighting with them. So I pretended, "Yes, this is what I'm going to say." Yeah. Which is not really what happened. Some of it was, but um, <laughs> but was, some but of it was. There wasn't. was no blowback. There was no blowback because the audience was fantastic. So it, it worked out. And mm. um,
0: thank God that they weren't involved in the decision making for us, because now they couldn't say anything because it went well.
2: It went well. Yeah, but. Um, and I actually was supposed to have watched it for editing purposes and then wanted to vomit when yeah. I saw myself and I heard my voice. So <laughs> I did not. And then Sam told me that actually some of the stuff, the extra stuff, was not contextually well, contextually well integrated. Uh-huh. Um, but we did some stuff with his daughter and um, we pretended Mila was my daughter. And um, when we were doing it, it seemed funny. I don't know. I haven't seen it because I cannot look at myself. But... And Paul Gilmartin was very funny. And uh, like I said, the audience was great. The theater was fantastic. And... Um, all right, well. Hopefully it's good. If and you thank will. Thank you for giving me a uh, format to mention it.
0: If you will, Janine Garofalo is available. She's now shooting this exciting crime drama.
2: Yes, yeah, starring Forrest Whitaker, who is a, he's g- very good. Yeah, and he's she's uh,
0: and and she's well, and she's funny, and she's- Oh, uh, thank you. She's uh, she, Her heart's in the right place. Thanks for talking to me.
2: Thank you very much for having me, Mark, because WTF is like the biggest forum uh, <laughs> I've honestly Yeah, it's, uh, no, like, <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, you should know. That when you do stand-up with Mark Marin now, every seat in the house is sold out because of your audience of WTF. You don't have to do any advertising. You don't have to do any morning drive shows. Oh,
0: that's sweet. It's like I, the I hope you're right.
2: <laughs> it is. I know I'm right because I've seen the evidence. When you and I have done shows, we don't have to do anything anymore because you will sell out <laughs> the room.
0: Oh, God, I hope that and happens. And UCB so. would
2: have been sold out except for that clerical error on Sunday night.
0: Oh, that's right. Well, we'll talk about it off the air. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. That was the lovely Janine Garofalo being the lovely Janine Garofalo. And as promised, I will now do something that I don't ordinarily do, but this is a, this is Mike DiStefano. Some of you might know him from Last Comic Standing. And he's uh he's, he's an interesting character. And we had him on one of the live shows at Comics. Uh, and that show really is unairable in its entirety. But Mike kicked ass. Uh, it was an awkward show. Things went wrong. It happens. We will be sharing some of the other segments from that show in a, uh, in an upcoming episode of, of the Lost WTF stuff, uh, which will be around New Year's. But, but we want to introduce you to Mike DiStefano because he, he just kicked ass that night. And then on this Thursday, we're going to be doing a full hour with Mike. And he's had a very hard, interesting, and somewhat dark life. Uh, but I wanted you to get to know him a little bit first so, so here, enjoy Mike DiStefano Live, what the fuck At Comics in New York My next performer, uh, I'm so thrilled That he, uh, he found success And, and uh, he was uh, on last comic Standing. He's doing very well, he's been out a, a long time And I love him, please welcome Mike D to the stage
1: <laughs> Now Now the drug stories can begin Yeah What are you fairies talking about out here? <laughs> And coke. What you do, coke? <laughs> when I was twelve, I did coke. Did <laughs> what? I was a heroin addict. All
3: right.
1: Yeah.
0: Come on. Where's your applause for heroin? <laughs> what kind of crowd are you? I thought uh, we were New
1: York. I think this is interesting. I smoked crack, cocaine, Good. heroin. Actually, I got clean the first time. Bef- B.C. I call it yeah. 1987 B.C. That was before crack. <laughs> and... When crack him out, I didn't know what it, what it Fuck it, the paranoia of it. I was, I was in Florida. I, I think I walked there one night. <laughs> and I was in an apartment. I swear to God, I'm a cro- I am was in West Palm Beach. Yeah. Across the, the water is Palm Beach, and Donald Trump's estate is there. I was smoking crack in the apartment, and I knew after like a month of this shit, the paranoia, I realized I'm on land. That's the problem, is that I need to get out. There's too many ways they can fucking come get me. I'm a fucking $3 a day crackhead. I'm thinking that they got helicopters coming to get me. I'm so fucking important that they're sending not just the FBI, the whole fucking army's coming. So I walked out across yeah. the bay. You can literally walk up to your, th- with the crack and I'm encircled, so they can't, I can see anyone coming to get me. And then I looked down, I saw these fucking fish. They looked like they were agent fish, federal agent fish with fucking sunglasses. <laughs> that you know that was it no i kept getting high for years after that. that was uh that was just a...
0: oh god i fucking yeah. love drug stories yeah. yeah you know why because and i think i've said this before i don't i don't respect anybody that didn't have the courage to lose complete control of their life for a few years
3: yeah nice.
0: It, it takes stupidity, balls, compulsion, but man, when you come out of it, if, you, you got some good yeah, stories. Right yeah, and, that, and I'm sure that's just the tip of the iceberg.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is. The, that.
0: But okay, we can talk about other things and then get back to this.
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, the, when I first met you, I, it was actually in Boca Raton, Florida, at that uh, horrendous club that Al Martin oh. books. Uh, yeah. What was it called? Boka nuts or something?
1: Boka nuts or something, sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: it was this weird, dark, brown, fucked up place. It was like, it was like, the, it was, remember it was like almost a beige interior. And for some reason I picture that the lighting was actually yellow. Everything kind of looked like pee. And, and it was just fucking weird. There are some rooms that are cursed where you walk in and you're like, the funny has just been sucked out of me through my ass.
1: It seemed like that. It was an awful place. And you were all sweaty and fucking weird. And I was you know. new at comedy. I was oh, I'm sorry. intimidated to be working with you. And honestly, I was. Yeah. I was like scared to death inside, but I'm, you know, I well, was taught as a kid, if you're afraid of something, hit it with a fucking baseball bat till it stops, moving. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that to you, because I liked you.
0: I guess I appreciate that, Mike. Yeah, I was
1: intimidated by Mark, so I killed him.
0: <laughs> would have changed my act. I would have been that guy with that hook. I got down. I was
1: just starting, and I was yeah. just getting around to it, Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you didn't beat me up with a bat.
1: No, no, I'm just, that's just a figure. No, it's true. Yeah. I, I, I keep apologizing for my thoughts, but I really, I can't help it.
0: What do you mean? Yeah, like, you, you think things and then, like, you, you don't really do them, but.
1: Uh, uh, no, i I hate saying violent shit because I mean it in a way, but I'm not towards you. Right. It's fucked up. <laughs>
0: because I, th- that was what I was going to get to is that my sense you was not that see now you've evolved into, into, into sort of this hardened uh, you know uh, 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 you know uh, brash uh, sort of Italian scary guy but I think in there is a very uh, sweet uh,
1: guy right no <laughs> yeah I got it no, all wrong absolutely I'm not I don't I'm not really like this everyone <laughs> this is not this is not how I really am I'm gentle I grew up fucked up I got a fucked up I was... Let me... T- All right. You want to hear the yeah. story? I think
0: I was waiting for that. All right. I'm
1: with... When I was like 14, I'm with... Like, I was taught good shit, but in a fuck... My brother and my uncle and a friend of my uncle's, I don't remember his name. Danny Rappo, I think, was the name. And it sounds like... They, they were beating this guy, and they got out of the car, and I'm in the back seat, and they beat this guy fucking senseless. I don't know if the guy lived or what the fuck, but they beat him. Yeah. Then they get in the car... My brother's in the front. He wraps up a McDonald's wrapper, throws it out the window. My uncle smacks him and says, "What are we animals?" <laughs> Just like that. That's how I was fucking raised. That's so I have.
0: There's a bit of moral ambiguity in when your upbringing.
1: That's a great story. Do yeah. You know, do you know why they beat the guy or not? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter why they beat him. There was never a reason for it. There was never a need to explain it. Violence solved everything. You know, I grew up with that. But again, I'm not that guy. I'm yeah. really not. I yeah. don't. You know, I've had five fights in in the last two years. I don't know if that's a lot. Um, How old are you? I'm 43. No, that's about the right amount. I can tell you, but I've never started them. The people came at me and attacked me for what? For hitting them. Because I hit them. And then they (laughs) came at me and attacked me. (laughs) Another true story, I swear, this is true. It was at a a club (laughs) in New York called Ha Comedy Club. And I I come outside and my buddy, Jerry Roach, I don't know if you've ever seen him before. Mm -hmm. He's a terrific guy. He's a little Hispanic guy. He was getting yelled at by these two guys were screaming at him. So I came out and I sat down and I'm watching them yell at him. So finally, I said, guys, can you can you tone it down a bit? So they both turned to me, and one of them came to my left, and the other one came over here. And I didn't get out of my chair. And I was like, hey, I don't want no trouble from nobody. And I really didn't. And this guy, I said five times, don't fuck with him. And this guy moved his hand, I think, and I just hit him. And he was unconscious standing up. You ever see that? He's <laughs> no. fucking hysterical. His eyes are like in the back of his head. And I literally... It sounds hysterical. I put him in my chair, and I went inside and got a bag of ice and brought it out and put it on his head and said I told you not to do that. Now that is a God's honest truth story I don't know if I'm trying to show how tough I am or how tender I really am because I will fucking beat you all the way to the hospital and I will drop you off and check you in if I have to because I am a good person.
0: I think I think the uh, the high point of that story for me was that you said you ever seen someone unconscious standing up as if you know we all should have. <laughs> but there was a moment you ever seen that? It's fucking great. Like it, it happened many times. Hey, I don't know where people are from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking most of them not from where you're from. <laughs> but that's a good story. So yeah. you know, only four fights in the last few years. And yeah, how long defense, you? Self
1: defense always. Yeah. Never raise my hands to fight anybody. I don't like that. I'm not a bully. I'm not a fucking. I don't pick on oh man it's a, it comes at me you know
0: have you ever gotten to a fight with another comic
1: a uh, fist fight yeah uh no
0: okay no had to think about it
1: no well, it was one guy who stole one of my jokes and no I just said to him I don't care if you do my material as long as it's in clubs if you do it on television you're not going to enjoy the success that you get from it because you're going to be in a wheelchair with a fucking colostomy bag and that's going to suck you added the colostomy. It's good yeah, that you put shit, it. you gotta be... My grandmother used to say, I'll stick your hand in a cheese grater. She never did it. Just thinking about that, it was scary.
0: Wheelchair wasn't enough. Colostomy bag, that sealed it. Yeah. I don't think people are enjoying this anymore. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the last comic standing. All right. How was sure. that experience?
1: Uh, it was amazing. I couldn't believe I made it on the show. I fucking couldn't believe it. I did it at the le- very last second. I would, went in. You know, I was asked to come in and perform to audition. You know, I had the opportunity not to have to wait in line and all that. So I went, and the first joke that I told was uh, a, a story about a. Um, in the morning, I went in in front of the judges, and I said, "Hey," and Greg Giraldo was there. God bless him. Guys, uh,
0: yeah. The rest is so.
1: Warm. Yep, and and just him and Andy Kinlo, who I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Natasha, I didn't know either. She yeah. was Sexy and hot and all whatever. Yeah. Aside so from that. But these two comics, I really respected. Yeah. You know, and if you were sitting there, I would have felt the same way of getting your approval for my joke. And it blew me away. I was like, I'm going to try this. And then I made it as far as I did. I could not fucking believe that every week I was like, I can stay? Like, every week. I'm like, really? You mean? You're not kidding. And sure enough, I made it through. And uh, what
0: would you end up with? The, what were your number? I was in the
1: top five. I was number four. I was number four. Now...
0: Now, how, how is somebody like you handling the success of it? Because now you're touring with who?
1: I'm touring with to, to the top... Five of us. See,
0: that would drive me fucking crazy. It's not
1: easy, you know, it's not easy. Uh, because there's no, there's no censor, no guy pushing a button, so I'm doing really well in the live show. Yeah. And the other guy, the guy who won, is, I think he's going to offer me a settlement to tone it down a bit. Because um, he's really having a hard time. And that's not I'm not being a dick, it's just that live comedy is a whole new ball game. You yeah, know, that sure. Live comedy and television comedy are two different things. Television will rip the fucking soul out of what you're trying to say. It'll and it will, and, and yes. fuck television. And whoever's listening to this, if you own a TV station, I'm not talking about your particular station. Um, but, uh, I mean, listen, I'm no hicks, and I, I don't even, half the shit I say is just fucking retarded stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if I have a point or anything, but I did get some of my voice out on national television, you know? I did a couple of my gay jokes, that I wanted to do. And when I say gay jokes, that's it. People would. I was in LA walking, and they're they're getting paid. You want to sign this? and they're stopping all these guys. And then I came and they didn't fucking, they put the pads down and like, like fuck you, you know. Yeah. so I went over, I had my, ta- I got tattoos all over, you can't see them. So I walk over to the guy, I said, what are you doing? So well, it's proposition eight, we're protesting. And I go, is that the thing where gay people are allowed to get married? I go, I go, why don't you fucking ask me if I want to do Well, I didn't know, yeah, you're profiling me. Yeah, I hate gay people, you're right. But how the fuck did you know by looking at me? You couldn't tell that I fucking hate gay I Hate gay, I love gay people. And I just, I was like, so, And then she, I didn't sign it because fuck you now, that's not the point. You don't know what I, what's inside of me. So my gay material is pro, not pro gay, like, hey, suck a cock. It's like, it's supportive of people. I'm not a gay, I, I just have a lot of things that are still inside of me. I'm not getting out because of the way I look. I feel like I'm a gay Asian boy inside. That's how I feel. Because I wanna, I have softness in me and tenderness that it's hard to express because of the way you look and the way you come, you know?
0: I think that, yeah, I think you're doing it beautifully. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thanks, yeah. Now,
1: where where are you going next? You going to? I'm still on the tour, I'm on the tour for like more months. Oh my God, you sound miserable. <laughs> well, because I'm getting up in front of people, like whoever came here tonight, you know, you know, Mark Maron, hopefully, you know, some of the names out here and so I know, all right, these people I can, I can do my thing with and if you get offended by something, I'll be like, you came to see Mark Maris suck my dick. Don't you think you were going to fucking get puppets and shit? You know what I mean? But when they come out to the last Comic Standing tour, it's like families, and they're waiting for, like, the cute shit. And I'm like, I open with a cunt joke, like, literally. Good choice, good well, choice. Yeah, no, no. Well, it's not a cunt joke where I just say cunt a hundred times. I say the C word. Uh, I said the C oh, now word. now you're going to say the C word? Uh, I That's said, good for you to catch yourself. No, question. here's how it goes. All right. I, said, I said the C word in a show and these five cunts came up to me in a line. And like the head cunt was up front and she said, we hate that word. I said, well, you probably hear it an awful lot. And then one of them said, well, would you call a black person the N word? And I said, if I bet a lot of money on the game that day and they were losing... And I said, well, I wouldn't call a black person the N-word, but that's not because I'm afraid of black people. I respect... I will kill a black person. I'm going to stop me racial slurs because I was raised properly. Now, that's the bit. And they fucking write letters to the they wrote letters? Yeah, every night. The, the <laughs> tour manager's Mike, five. They get It's a number now. How many fucking letters the theater got. But it's okay because I'm not representing NBC. The last thing I said on the show was, whoever didn't vote for me, fuck you. And I said that <laughs> right into the cameras and to American society. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.
0: Mike DiStefano, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, that's our show. That's our interesting show. A little live WTF, a little Janine Garofalo, a little listener email with some career advice not to have a career. But uh, I understand, uh, as I've said before, it's easy to maintain your integrity when no one's offering to buy it out. Please go to WTFPod.com and get some JustCoffee.coop. Kick in a little bit. If you want, if you do the $10 a month subscription thing, uh, you'll get a T-shirt and a uh, postcard, some stickers. If you do the $250 one-time premium donation, two T-shirts, a cat T-shirt, WTF T-shirt, three of my CDs, and the special only available to premium uh, donors, Best of WTF Volume 1, some stickers, my love and affection, uh, access to the premium live episodes. And as I said the last episode, Uh, The first 50 WTS will be available on iTunes shortly. I will keep you in the loop on that. You can also get on the mailing list at WTFPod.com, which I am sending out every week with pictures and things that you don't know because I don't talk about them here. I'm going to put them in the little emails. As always, go to PunchWineMagazine.com for all your up-to-date comedy needs. And we're out.